Money FM 89.3, best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. How are you doing this Monday, the 11th of April? I'm Michelle Martin. Good to have your company. Asia Pacific shares are trading mix this morning. Tokyo in the red in early trade, down 0.4%. Sydney up one third of a percent. Seoul is trading higher as well. So, what is on investors' radars? Well, joining me to help answer that question, Ryan Huang. Good morning. Morning, Michelle. Bank earnings, inflation, the bond markets, they're set to dominate investor trading strategies this week. So let's get right into it, starting with earnings season, which kicks off in the U.S. this week with a batch of big banks and financial firms reporting. So what is on the calendar? Yeah, time flies and it's earnings season again. So big banks kick off the numbers on Wednesday. So we will be watching very closely for what the banks will be saying. So U.S. banks, including J.P. Morgan, Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, Wells Fargo will be in focus. So this will largely be around expectations of things going down slightly because of a drop in deal making because of all the jitters that have come about from the Ukraine war. So we are watching out to see how much of a dent that will be in terms of deceleration in activity and also watching out for what will be happening on the cost side where we are looking out for cost pressures from paying bankers more because talent and the labour market has been tighter in many places so that would be one factor also on technology and acquisition expenses so those will be the things to watch out for on the downside on the upside we will be watching out for any commentary or guidance on higher rates how that could be a boost for its margins also looking out for maybe any loan growth activities because we are seeing restrictions being lifted and many economies starting to recover to some extent so that could help the loans picture for some of these banks so something to watch out for on balance Um, it is going to be a more conservative quarter versus what we've been seeing in the past few quarters uh, for many of these banks. And also, talking about airlines, uh, we are watching out for Delta Airlines on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So that will be watched for booking trends in the coming quarters. Uh, Of course, a bit of revenge travelling expected. So we could be in for some good news for airlines when it comes to painting the outlook there. On the economic calendar, investors are going to be looking out for US producer price data that happens Wednesday night and retail sales and consumer sentiment figures on Thursday. Now, corporate debt, more specifically Chinese corporate debt, back in the news. The Chinese property developer Shenrou has missed a US dollar payment and it says it may miss more. What's the latest on this front? Yeah, I guess it's not a surprise to see a Chinese property company defaulting. So this is the latest name on the list. Zenro Properties Group unable to pay interest on $2 bonds before their grace period ended over the weekend. So this is the latest to join the list of defaulters. And like you pointed out, they are likely unable to pay what's coming up next. So this is going to put in focus a combined $32.6 million of interest due on three other dollar bonds that will be coming due from April 10th to May the 14th. So this um, is just putting a lot of pressure on the property market. And for now, it doesn't seem like we are going to get any support for Zunro. 
All right. It feels like China's corporate debt issues are sneaking back into the headlines. While the world has been more focused on Russia's sovereign debt payments, namely whether Russia will be forced into a default by Western sanctions. This hasn't happened yet, but we do have more debt market news from Moscow. What's the latest? Yeah, among the debt problems Russia has right now is how it says it's going to turn away from auctioning bonds for the rest of the year. So no surprise because nobody really wants to pay a good price for Russian debt right now because of all the problems or implications that comes with holding or working with Russia because of all the financial and economic sanctions. So the cost of insuring Russia's government debt is at really high levels now. And that means the Russian finance ministry has to pay high interest rates if they do decide to go to auction anything right now. So that is just seeing them stay away from both private and capital markets at the moment. Uh, Also over the weekend, worth noting, Standard & Poor's has downgraded their view of Russia um, to selective default. So this is after they failed to, or what they view will be a failure from Russia to pay back their debts in US dollars. Uh, Right now, Russia, of course, saying they have the rubles to do so, but uh, S&P Global Ratings focusing on the fact that Russia will be unable to convert the rubles into dollars within the 30-day grace period. Um, So this is now putting another problem on Russia's back, how they are likely to, by label, be a defaulter. So Russia halting bond auctions for the remainder of the year because of those prohibitive borrowing costs now that the bonds have been signaled um, at a record 99% chance of default, of course. Russians sold 128 billion rubles in local government currency bonds this year. That's well under the 700 billion rubles in sales expected in the first quarter. Now, over the weekend, Elon Musk tried to shake up policies over at his newest investment, Twitter. Now, if you recall, Musk now owns a 9.2% stake in the social media platform, and he has a seat on Twitter's board. But Musk did not use his board seat to challenge the company's policies. No, he used one of his favorite tools. Instead, he used his Twitter feed. That's right, he let loose with a series of tweets, including one that asks whether Twitter is, quote, dying. So what's behind that provocative tweet? Yeah, he does have a point if I look into his latest tweet frenzy, (laughs) uh, where he talked about how Twitter needs to really ask some serious questions of itself, why it is not getting as much traffic as before. So we are looking at tweets like, Taylor Swift has not posted anything in three months. Justin Bieber has only posted once this entire year. And you think about it, I think Twitter used to be in a better place where it was more actively followed. But right now, there is just so much competition and even the influencers are moving elsewhere where maybe they prefer uh, graphics where would Instagram be uh, in a better place for those type of things. Um, and other social media platforms, TikTok, for example. So you are seeing Twitter facing a lot of pressure and Elon Musk trying to figure things out as part of the board with his various suggestions right now. Yeah, Musk has also criticised the cryptocurrency bots. He says it's a most annoying problem for people who do tweet regularly. I thought it was interesting, his list of, uh, you know, calling out whether or not Twitter was dying in the top 10 most followed Twitter accounts. Number one, Barack Obama, 131.4 million tweet followers, I suppose. Um, But he has been called out as well for not posting anything recently. So, 
He's also taken a musk at Twitter's subscription service, Twitter Blue. Now, first of all, I don't think I've ever used Twitter Blue, Ryan, have you? No, that's because it's not available here yet, at least. <laughs> okay, I feel a lot better about not monetizing Twitter. So what features does it offer? Okay, right now, it's only available in the US, Canada, New Zealand, among the very select countries where we can find it. So this involves a bit of a premium subscription service for $2.99. So among the features that you will get includes something to undo your tweets. Quite interesting, but it's not exactly um, editing your tweets. Um, So this is where you schedule your tweets in advance if you're maybe a busy influencer, but you have the ability to undo it. So quite useful if you decide to change your mind or know there's breaking news to change your mind on things. So that's one of the features that the uh, Twitter Blue feature uh, offers you. So that is among the ways Twitter has been trying to monetize it. But right now, um, it is making most of its advertising, most of its money from advertising, almost 90%. So I think you might see Elon Musk trying to ramp this up a bit. Right now being offered in US, Canada, Australia and New Zealand, Twitter Blue. So what changes to Twitter Blue is Musk calling for? Okay, so among the changes is that blue tick. He says everyone who pays for Twitter Blue should get a blue tick because of what you pointed out just now, the spam problem, the spam bots. So if theoretically everyone gets a blue tick to to authenticate that they are real people, mm-hmm. that would do away to some extent the fake accounts or the spam bots or the trolling accounts to help clean up the very noisy landscape, which is a lot of people tweeting a lot of different things and many of them bots. So that is uh, one area. Another area is how he's saying, you no, know, you should be able to pay in your local currency, maybe at your local price point because he's saying, you know, maybe different countries should have a different price point when it comes to these features and even maybe pay in cryptocurrency. Dogecoin is one of the tokens he uh, raised as a potential payment option. Uh, Also, one of the other things he's looking at is the no ads push because he is saying, you know, um, having ads just makes it potentially a conflict of interest or biased because this will allow corporations to somehow detect policy And if they do not have any ads, this will make Twitter more credible in a sense. Mm. So he said uh, Twitter should have no ads as among his suggestions and also that the subscription price should be cut. Now, some of Musk's tweets about Twitter this weekend appear to have been tongue-in-cheek. In fact, he asked his Twitter followers, for example, if the company should convert its headquarters into a homeless shelter since, quote, no one shows up anyway. <laughs> However, given that Musk has been a large promoter of Dogecoin, uh, his comment that Twitter should accept Dogecoin as a form of payment, doesn't that seem a little self-serving? You have to question the tweets that he puts out these days, right? He's saying a lot of things on Twitter. Sometimes you have to wonder, how much does it benefit himself? And I'm also tracking something else he's been tweeting about, which is how he is thinking of going to Lithium, essentially starting a new business. He's already so busy on top of Tesla, SpaceX, boring company, and being an influencer. He's saying he wants to be in the mining business because lithium prices are going up. And he's saying, you know, this is time for him to cut out the middleman and start his own mining company. Uh, but it's very tough right now to figure out what is self-serving, what is a conflict of interest right now. And I think these are issues that various country regulators need to start thinking about.
because for many business people, they have a lot of influence in their share prices and how people think about stocks. So it is one area that is a bit grey right now. It is also worth noting that while Musk is no stranger to controversy, it's pretty unusual for a major shareholder and a board member to call out a company in such a public manner as Musk is doing. Time for some corporate news and a quick Monday morning game of up or down. You're all, are you all ready to play? I hope so. Are you ready, Ryan? Let's go. Let's start with Tencent. Uh, I'm going with down. And that's because Tencent has shut down its gaming streaming service. It's a bit like Twitch. And this is after months of how regulators were clamping down on gaming in China. So Tencent doesn't seem to look at any promising prospects for that side of the industry right now. So shutting down its gaming service is down for me. Tencent is slashing bonuses and overall compensation packages as well of its top two executives. Tencent CEO Pony Ma and President Martin Lau both saw their take-home pay drop about 25% this year. It's a sharp contrast to the US and even Singapore banks where we've seen big salary increases. Normally, I'd say a slash at the top is good news, but in this case, it's a sign that Tencent has been struggling. So, a down from me. Let's look at HPL Hotel Properties. Okay, Ombeng Seng's HPL is an up for me. So they have booked a $29 million gain from the disposal of their stake in two joint venture companies. So this involves something called Maple Olympia Prop Co. And this is incorporated in Luxembourg and owns the Hilton London Olympia. And this, alongside HPL Olympia, will be divested and they will get a gain uh, from those um, sales. That's right, gain of about 30 million. Let's look at Stashaway next. Okay, Stashaway is an up for me, and this is with Hong Kong's former financial secretary, John Tang, joining the digital wealth firm as an advisor, and he's also going to be doing a giveaway. NFTs to attract new clients. Mm, interesting. Uh, so up for me as well. Stashway is Singapore-based, by the way. It has bought Hong Kong has brought Hong Kong's former financial secretary John Sang on board as an advisor, and I'm sure his plans to start giving away NFTs are going to attract a lot of attention and perhaps some clients as well. Let's turn to Singapore now. We are 19 minutes into the local trading day. Dairy Farm and DBS led the STI lower on Friday. It closed down 0.6 percent. Finished the week one percent in the red. So how's the SDI starting off this Monday morning and are we retracing any of those losses? Yeah, so STI is on the back of a three-day losing streak and is at its lowest levels in more than two weeks right now. And right now, Monday not looking great. It's extending those losses down 0.3% to 3,373. And let's take a look at where we are on the STI. Um, we've got only seven counters in the green. Among them, Capo Cop at the top, up 0.9%. Same for CityDev. Okay, let's take a look at the bottom. We've got the likes of Capo, DC, Reed, Dairy Farm. Um, both of them down more than 1%. And then followed by Johnny Matheson. And DBS continuing to lose ground. is down 0.8% at $34.10. It was the top loser last week, down by more than 3%. Okay, other names uh, that could be worth watching, Fraser's Hospitality Trust. So they are reportedly considering a plan to go private 
amid concerns that share price does not reflect the company's value. So according to those reports, uh, they are studying the proposal and they have received board approval to explore it. Uh, they may not proceed if the deal structure is not favorable. And on Friday, we saw FHT spike as much as 7.9% before closing higher by 5.3%. So let's take a look at where they are right now. Um, still flat at 60 cents from Friday. So something to watch out for in the coming days. All right, before I let you go, Ryan, I saw a couple of headlines about this, so I'm, I'm going to chat with you about this a bit. Self-driving cars over the weekend. Uh, headlines caught my eye. Have you seen the video that is going viral? It's about cops in San Francisco, and uh, they're pulling over a vehicle that turns out to be an autonomous vehicle. Yeah, I think this was bound to happen at some point. A cop pulling over a vehicle and finding nobody inside. <laughs> And then the car just stops there and the cop looks puzzled and tries to figure out what, what's happening and the, the uh, autonomous car drives off. That sounds like an episode of Stephen King, you know, something out of Stephen King. But it really did happen. The car apparently was driving with uh, no headlights on, right? On a related topic, CNBC published an article this weekend that asks, should cars drive live humans or robots? Tesla forces the question. So the question is whether a self-driving vehicle should robotically follow traffic laws or drive more like people who sometimes break the laws a little for convenience. So what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I think most of us, Fajit, when it comes to driving, right? You know, do you follow the traffic laws to a T? So that is the point of contention here. Um, so one of the areas here is the stop sign. So many people would just continue rolling the tires or wheels as they approach the stop line at a stop sign. By right, you're supposed to stop, come to a complete stop. But some people will just continue rolling especially when there's you know, obviously clear, there's no one around, no traffic, and then continue on their way. So this is what is being um, discussed. Should autonomous cars drive like humans and also maybe continue to roll or should they come to a complete stop? So it is a very interesting question. So I am leaning towards a complete stop because you are supposed to make sure you know, uh, things are 100% safe and I think it will go towards giving people confidence that they will follow rules exactly as they are laid out. And I think that will go some way. Maybe in the future, you could think about you know, bending stops. it to some extent. Um, but of course, uh, I think we are still some ways away from that happening. So you're for a complete stop at a stop sign. Complete stop and following the rules to an exact <laughs> T. What about you, Michelle? <laughs> I definitely want my driverless car. And by the way, the Tesla Model Y was programmed to execute a rolling stop. So going at about five miles per hour when it approached a stop sign. But I would feel much more comfortable if the driverless car uh, healed completely at stop signs and, and, and healed completely to traffic rules. Yeah, I think it's a balance between practicality and following the rules exactly, right? Because at the end of the day, you want to be safe or you know, do you want to be convenient? I think that's going to be the balancing act. Safety first, for sure. So thanks very much, Ryan Huang there. I'm Michelle Martin and thank you for your emails that have come through over the weekend telling me how much you enjoy uh, this particular segment that you're listening to on Money FM 89.3. Market View, our tour of markets in minutes. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.